0: Heat Wave 98, baby! Sensaki Hayabusa, Kimaki! I don't care what your name is, Japanese superstars, but you're gonna be a big, fat loser! Zero! Pay-per-view! Heat Wave 98! is Mr. Monday Night! Daddy and Sabu, that's the superstars you gotta face tonight, brother! Come on, Fonzie. I mean, we're here. Relax already. We're here because Mr. Monday Night brought us to the top, Right. Like I said, I was going to, Sabu. Already worth the money they spent on tonight's pay-per-view event. It's Rob Van Dam, everybody's favorite. And you too, Sabu. And they all want to see Rob Van Dam and you, my partner, Sabu, defend my World Tag Team belts. Hey, these belts are recognized worldwide, brother. The contenders tonight come all the way from Japan. We got the two top guys from Japan. Akushi, bless you. They're going to be losers. The winner's gonna call you From now on You are losers Japanese losers We're the superstars, baby And that makes me, of course, the winner After tonight, Rob Van Dam's record's gonna be 6-0 and oh. Hey, come on, Sabu, relax We all know who really won that last match Hey, it was right down the middle, Daddy It doesn't make you bad losing to Rob Van Damme It just makes you like everybody else Don't worry about it And tonight Hakusi! Bless you and let's, let's see the guy. I don't know, but the Japanese losers! That's their name! They're gonna losers! Find out, they're gonna find out what I'm trying to teach you, Sabu, and what everybody else has already learned. Rob Van Dam is the whole fucking show.
1: Welcome to Last Match Stain, a podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer.
2: I'm the manager of champions.
1: Oh my god! (laughs) And welcome to what is officially a Firefly Funhouse podcast (laughs) where we talk about nothing else. (laughs) Accept that match for the rest of time. Ding, uh, ding,
3: ding, ding,
2: ding, ding, ding. I, I don't know. There, there were roughly like a hundred and twenty-five thousand Easter eggs in that match. So we could d- 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 dedicate an entire show to breaking down the numerous Easter eggs and plot points of that match. That is a fantastic idea. Like I want to see John Cena's
3: NWO lineup. Who would be in his lineup?
1: It would have to be. gosh it would have for nwo maybe um
3: the guy who stabbed him in a club oh oh god jesus
1: (laughs) i forgot about that
2: (laughs) i mean i did too because you know he would he would you know you got to think the scar cost of being stabbed in the kidney you know which is very visible yet he's never ever had in uh, the last 15 years you know interesting curious you know
1: curious indeed we have a first here on Last Match Standing today, episode 36. For the first time, we are going back to the same event that we've covered in a previous episode.
0: Yep. And not only
1: is it the same event, it is literally the next match. Um, <laughs> after episode 12, we covered Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. And now episode 36, we are covering... From August the 2nd, 1998, from the Hera Arena in Dayton, Ohio, back to ECW Heat Wave 1998. We've got Rob Van Dam and Sabu defending their ECW World Tag Team Championships against Hayabusa and Jinsei Shinzaki.
2: Hakushi! Oh, sorry. Sorry, I got uh, sinuses. Bless Excuse you. me. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> On commentary, we have Joey Styles. And technically, Shane Douglas, although he's very <laughs> passive in this encounter, that's uh, some way of putting it. Halfway <laughs> through the match,
3: Shane Douglas mentioned something about a rest hold, and I was like, "What? Wait, who is that?" What?
2: <laughs> oh no! Joey makes a million references that he's writing a book while sitting next to him because he's just taking notes.
1: Right, he's scouting out future. Yeah, he's scouting opponents. A... Oh man! Uh, referee here is John Pee Wee Moore. And let me tell you something, and I don't know if I mentioned this back on episode 12 or not. I don't think I did. But what I need to mention now is how great the red and black referee
3: shirts are. I like it a lot. I know, right? Boy. It just works. I would wear
1: that right now. But, guys, how do we feel about returning to ECW Heat Wave 1998?
3: I love it. You're right. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's it's an iconic card. It's also a card that sees Taz versus Bam Bam, and this is it's it's in a false count anywhere match because if if you recall, they've already seen Bam Bam go through the floor at Living Dangerously. So it's like, okay, what are you gonna do next with that story? <laughs> Last <man> rock <Right>. standing.
1: <laughs> That's a really good point. And actually our good friend Grant on on Twitter said that top to bottom. Heatwave1998 is the best ECW pay-per-view ever.
2: I mean, it's hard to argue with that.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's, from beginning to end, really, really good. I mean, as you can tell, this is the second match from that card that we're covering. Uh, And and what's really interesting, you know, I said that this was the first for us on Last Mass Standing, but there's another first as well. And that is, this match was part of an ECW-exclusive Twitter poll, and a different match won. But it was very, very close. And as uh, our patrons know, our patrons all get an extra vote. And because of the Patreon vote, we end up having this tag team match as the winner. It overtakes the Twitter poll results just barely. So how awesome is that, that, uh, you know, those, those Patreon votes really counted. And you can be a part of that for just $1, part of our Cedric Von halsen tier, getting an extra vote to decide what matches make the list. So that was really, really cool to see play out.
3: Yeah, and hey, yes. don't worry because I guarantee Jerry Lynn versus RVD will be on the list at some point.
1: Completely agree with that. Listen, when we posted this poll in general, uh, people were like ready for ECW matches, right? Like they saw this poll and they said, this is what we've been waiting on. Because I, you know, 35 episodes in, we've only done one ECW match.
3: Good point. It's a little yeah. bit
1: surprising to me, but this feels like a really good one to, to come back to, back to Heatwave. Ninety-eight, and, and like Landon said, this definitely won't be the last time we visit ECW here on this list. Oh, hell no. Uh, the good news is about the Patreon poll is that we also had a brand new patron this week, didn't we, Landon?
3: We absolutely did. Thank you so much, Mr. Brian, for becoming a Slammy Award winner. Woo! You did so it. So good. You did it. And you did it on your own. Yeah, And
1: we all appreciate it. So, Brian, thanks so much for joining the family. We're super, super excited to have you. Uh, hope you enjoy uh, Last Mania Standing as we just released WrestleMania 7 and look forward to doing WrestleMania 8 soon there on Patreon. So, super, super fun stuff there. Go uh, listen but, to it, maggots!
0: <laughs> but, Ultimate puke!
1: Oh, yeah, listen. If you want some, the highest quality <laughs> uh, of Paul impersonations, you won WrestleMania oh, six.
3: I think, two. yeah, I think WrestleMania seven is probably the best Paul impersonations that we get out of any episode that I, we've done so I far.
2: I did a lot of per- impersonations. <laughs> oh man,
3: it was
1: really, really good. <laughs> um, but this match from nineteen ninety eight back to Heat Wave in Dayton, Ohio. Um, obviously we know a lot about Robin Damon Sabu just in general. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a one-off right with, with Hayabusa and, and Shinzaki, uh, yep. being a part of this match. It's not something they're not mainstays on the roster. They don't stick around after this. Nope. Uh, so what can we know about these two guys going into this contest?
3: Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, we talk a lot about what makes some of the greatest matches is the combination of things that have to fall into place in order for that match to take place. We talked about that in our very first episode with how everything just kind of had to happen, like Triple H fell out of the King of the Ring match, so we got Steve Austin winning King of the Ring, and so you get Steve Austin versus uh, Bret Hart. Here, at this time, ECW had a working relationship with a Japanese promotion, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, or FMW which uh, excuse me
0: uh i believe it's pronounced ecw
3: yeah okay There. You, thank you thank you <laughs> With, which we actually talked about fmw at length on our mike awesome Masato tanaka episode we sure did huh? it was very infamous for their brutal brutal matches and thank you oh, yeah <laughs> thank you Masato tanaka <laughs> uh, i mean the partnership was just sort of a no-brainer if you think about it it Obviously, it was an excellent move, if not financially, definitely for the fans, because it's now produced two matches that made our list. So let's talk a little bit about Hayabusa. Hayabusa, who is actually a close personal friend to Jushin Thunder Liger, was FMW's top star at the time of this match. And am I not surprised by that? By what? (laughs) That he was friends with Jushin Thunder Liger. Right? You definitely see it. You definitely I mean,
2: his his, his mask is very reminiscent of, of Liger's mask.
3: Well, and you actually may know Hayabusa f- as the creator of the Phoenix Splash. Uh, so uh, beautiful! Extremely, extremely innovative performer, and just seeing him in this match uh, makes me want to go back and watch his whole library because he's got some of the most smooth, fluid, high flying moves I've ever seen.
2: Well, they're smooth unless he's wrestling Rob Van Dam, then they're sloppy. <laughs> well (laughs) wait no why why do you say that i disagree (laughs) i don't know there's some there's some botches there's some miscommunication between those two but other than that he's flawless
3: okay well we'll we'll get get into it we'll get into it but i was i was thoroughly impressed
2: oh yeah when he's wrestling sabu he looks like a million bucks he he looks like the greatest that ever lived like a holy shit this guy's amazing
3: well, it's not Rob Van Dam's fault that whenever he was looking at Hayabusa, he also was seeing, like, five different colors and uh, in, in all that. But we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I think he got distracted because there's only really a point where, like, we'll talk about when we
2: get the match started. But, like, there's a point where Hayabusa's going for, like, a springboard arm drag. And then Rob Van Dam just freezes. So, Hayabusa stops and rob van dan's like oh fuck and then I was just kind of dives off and basically just a crossbody, and i'm like people are streaming you fucked up at hayabusa like no that was rob van dan's fault he was out of position boom
3: hayabusa started training at all japan pro wrestling before moving on to the dojo with fmw where he eventually debuted in 1991 after a few years of paying his dues FMW promoter at Sushi Onida sent him to Mexico to learn lucha libre from none other than Rey Mysterio Senior. Ah, he competed. Right, you can kind of see it now, right?
2: Yes, he. It's like a Mexican. I'm sorry, it's like a
3: Japanese luchador. Exactly, he competed for Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre, uh, CMLL, which is actually still a uh, uh, still going today. Before going oh, yeah. before going back to Japan to compete in the New Japan Super J Cup in 1994. After ba- bouncing uh, back and forth between Mexico, Japan, and the U.S. a good bit, Hayabusa turned down an offer from the WWF and returned to FMW, where he would defeat Atsushi Onida in Onita's retirement match, effectively becoming the new face of FMW. Jinsei Shinzaki, you may recognize for his time in WWF, under the name Hakushi. Hakushi, oh bless you. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Styles.
1: Joey Styles does say uh, during during his entrance that those of you familiar with sports entertainment will know him as Hakushi, which thought was very
3: clever.
2: Hakushi yeah. is Japanese for white one,
3: and he actually does come out with the the whole white gimmick, right? He's got the uh, well,
2: as I have written down. Uh, Hayabusa is escorted to the ring by Raiden from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is fitting because there is a Mortal Kombat sign in the front row. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm was pretty
3: sure it was uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or no, this was 98, huh? 98. Yes,
2: 1998.
3: Well, Hakushi, while he was in WWF, actually had some really competitive matches with then-champion Bret Hart.
2: Bret Hart actually said he was the best wrestler he ever wrestled in his entire life.
3: That's incredible. Like I'd be yeah. really, I'd be really interested to go back and watch that series uh, because he oh, didn't yeah. really do much else.
0: Uh, no, while he, he uh,
3: lost to, he jumped at Barry Horowitz. Originally, he started out as a soccer player, and Shinzaki decided he wanted to be an actor, but found professional wrestling thanks to his eventual trainer Gran Hamada. Hamada is the first Japanese professional wrestler to adopt the Lucha Libre style. So you already see these commonalities between uh, Hayabusa and Shinzaki, and so it makes sense that they were eventually a tag team. Hamada brought Lucha Libre to Japan with the universal Lucha Libre promotion, and Shinzaki debuted for ULL in 1992, later moving to Michinoku Pro Wrestling, where he developed his jinsei persona, which essentially... Jinsei is a very spiritual in tune with the afterlife. It was a very prayerful kind of gimmick he had.
2: Well funny, you mentioned that because the the Japanese characters written on his face and body are actually Buddhist Shaiko uh tones, which is uh reference to a Japanese folklore character called Hayochi the Earless.
3: Wow, okay, there you go. Yep. Yeah, it's a very, very kind of spiritual gimmick. And yes. interestingly, this gimmick caught the attention of WWF, whom, after receiving a big no thanks from Hayabusa, were still looking to sign Japanese talent. So, Shinzaki would accept the offer that Hayabusa refused. Small world. I know, right? After a brief stint in WWF, as we've already referred to as Hakushi, uh, Shinzaki would return to Japan as Hakushi, but would then be killed... (laughs) quote-unquote, <laughs> by the great Muda. Muda! Muda killed the Hakushi character in a single night appearance for New Japan. In October...
1: If, if that doesn't sound like something that the great Muda would do. Right? I love it. I love it.
3: In October of 1997, the Hakushi character was resurrected <laughs> to go against <laughs> the dead man, the Undertaker in a historic match from Michinoku Pro Wrestling. Hakushi was now undead, and due to having been killed by Muda, he was introduced in a coffin by an entourage (laughs) of Japanese
2: pallbearers.
3: (laughs) Oh my god, it's amazing. When he comes out of the coffin... He still has the blood stains from when Muda killed him. Uh, we we have to review this match. <laughs> I think we do. Uh, but yeah, he actually oh, wrestled. God. He actually wrestled the Undertaker. He was defeated by a Tombstone Piledriver and entombed in the mountains of Tohoku. <laughs> you can watch this on Daily Motion. I guarantee you, I'm not making it up.
2: So what you're saying is this is like the precursor to the Boneyard match?
3: Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, if you have not watched it, is the single greatest moment in the history of WrestleMania.
3: <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Fight me. You know, you know who's really great, Rob John Van. Can we more? Oh, oh my god! Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. Here's a piece of trivia for you. RVD is the only wrestler in history to have held the WWE Championship the ECW World Championship, and the TNA World Championship. Damn. Right? Like, I'm trying to think through (laughs) my head. Like, well, you know, technically, I think Christian has done that?
2: No, he was World Heavyweight Champion. He was never WWE Champion. Ah,
3: that's true. But yeah, so that's an interesting little tidbit. How about this one? When did RVD make his first appearance on WWF television? You know? Oh, God, like, uh... 2000, it was 2001 Spencer
1: I listen as current reigning last match standing champion um I will pass
3: <laughs> Oh no 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 he uh didn't he appear during the the invasion in like 97 in 1987 in a skit with the million dollar man oh, Ted God DiBiase. Damn it. At the time, DiBiase was selecting plants from the audience and offering to pay them uh, to perform degrading acts. And uh, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it!" Ooh, ooh. he completely went against the script. And it, no, and he kissed his foot.
2: <laughs> he he was kissed like, yeah, his I'll foot do it.
3: for hundred dollars. He did it.
2: Well, most people wouldn't do it. He's like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do that." Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, eighty-seven. Uh, RVD actually started his career in wrestling uh, from. Michigan to South Atlantic to Japan in the early nineties before eventually landing in WCW very briefly as Robbie V. Robin- Robbie V. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's some Robbie E's
2: little brother. Bill
3: Bill Watts, <laughs> thanks, Bill Watts. For that uh, Rob Van Dam and Sabu first met in December of 1989 and became really close friends. RVD debuted in ECW in 96 and it was kind of easy for them to start out as rivals, right? Sabu had been there for a while. Everyone kind of knew him as the this maniac and he had the crowd behind him. And so whenever they saw somebody who came out with a similar style, you know, both of these men were trained by Sabu's uncle, the Sheikh. And everyone wanted to see them face each other. So they had those that daredevil style. So their chemistry second to none. And it wasn't long before they formed a tag team and secured the services of none other than Mr. Bill Alfonso. They had an interesting run as a tag team, to say the least. I mean, both of these guys were huge stars on their own. So they were winning gold left and right, right? So Sabu's going for the TV title. Uh, Rob Van Dam held the TV title a couple times. Sabu is actually an ECW world champion. But they're also a team, so they go after the the tag titles too. So there's just gold all over the place for them. In mid-1998, Sabu sets his sights on Bam Bam Bigelow and the ECW World Television Championship. So, in order to secure this, Fonzie decides, let's get a match between Bigelow and Van Dam, so that Van Dam could soften up Bigelow before Sabu would interfere in the match and actually... Sabu accidentally helped Van Dam a little too much because Rob Van Dam ends up winning the belt. (laughs) What was supposed to happen is Sabu was supposed to face uh, a weakened Bam Bam Bigelow at Wrestlepalooza and then win the belt. But what happened was Rob Van Dam, now TV champion, had to defend his title against Sabu. And so the match actually ended up in a 30-minute draw, which I know Spencer wishes he would have seen.
1: Uh, you know,
3: I hope it was full of bear hugs. Oh, let me
2: tell you, nothing but bear hugs. <laughs> this, Those two guys, no doubt. Uh, so, bear hug Mania is running wild, baby. Woo!
3: So there's a little bit of backstory here. Uh, the first time that we got together, the three of us, and just like, sat down and watched wrestling together, I had on an old early 90s ECW match, and it was Terry Funk and Sabu. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, a, it was Triple Threat, I think. It was Terry Funk, Sabu, and Shane Douglas. And yep. it was one hour. And it ended in a time limit draw. One hour.
2: I would have been so fucking pissed off if I was in that crowd. Like, how dare you?
3: Oh, Spencer I, was red hot.
1: I was mad. It was 2019, it was 25 <laughs> years later. And I was, tough. Uh
3: But and, so, regardless, they go through this grueling match. And somehow they come out the other side winning the Tag Team Championship a month later from Chris Candido and Lance Storm. And this all leads into Heat Wave 98. Now, at this time, the team is less than perfect, right? Van Damme is on an ego trip. He's got the double gold. And he's saying things like, they're at the top of the wrestling world because of RVD. Sabu didn't like that. And so we get to Heat Wave 98. Everyone wants to see me... Rob Van Dam. Oh, and and you, you know, my partner. And you, my partner, Sabu. Defend defend my tag team titles. He's so good. RVD plays such a great heel.
2: Oh, yeah, he's amazing.
3: And you don't see him play a heel a whole lot.
2: No. He was, dude, uh, cool, whatever, man, in WWE. And then he was, dude, cool, whatever, man, in TNA.
3: So, have you noticed... The ECW belts are complete rip-offs of WWF belts. Yep. The TV <laughs> title sure. is clearly a reworked winged eagle. And the tag belts look eerily similar to the Intercontinental Championship. Eerily similar? It's the same damn belt. <laughs> <laughs> it just says ECW on it. Uh, but yeah, this gets us to the match. I, I really loved uh, Jin Z's entrance gear. We talked about him being like the white warrior. Uh,
2: Raiden from Mortal Kombat.
3: Pretty much. But, man, there was some high energy whenever RVD and Sabu come to the ring. Do you mean high as energetic or high as in stoned out of their fucking minds? Oh, my apologies. My apologies. Double entendre. Shame on me.
1: (laughs) It was a really interesting sort of – and it it kind of what made me think of WrestleMania 25 a little bit. Remember when Shawn Michaels comes out and he's all in all white – and he's coming down from the heavens, and then the only taker comes up from below the stairs. From right? hell. Yeah. Right. So it kind of made me feel that way a little bit in terms of like, here come uh, uh, Hayabusa and Shinzaki and all white, and the, and the, it's the music is very serene, and they're just very like, we're coming to battle. Uh, and then it's like a rock concert when Robin A. Oh, and Sabu come out.
2: Oh, they come out to walk by Pantera. There you go. <laughs> I don't know
1: walk down it's <laughs> high it's just a really interest it is it's high energy but it's like the two teams are very clearly different um, in terms of ideology. So I thought that was really really an interesting tell and Joey Styles says during uh, the entrance of Hayabusa and Shizaki he says this may be the sleeper matchup of the entire show. Which to say that immediately following Awesome and Tanaka, I thought was very interesting.
3: Well, it's the longest match on the card. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's
1: it's a over twenty minutes, and he has to he has a tough job. Uh, he being Joey Styles because he has to sell this tag team that if you were a casual fan, you ha- you probably weren't familiar with. Oh no, um,
3: I thought you I thought you were going to say he had a tough job because he had to sit next to Shane Douglas for an extended period of time.
2: I don't, I don't know. Shane of- Douglas was doing a great job the rest of the night.
1: <laughs> yeah. But he ca- But Styles carries this one on his own, which is something he was very used to doing. Right. Um, but he has to build up um, Hayabusa and Shinzaki as legitimate challengers for the belt. So he talks about how good they are airily. And he talks about how they were FMW Brass Knuckles tag team champions. And he talks about how Hayabusa uh, actually defeated Sabu in a one on one matchup previously. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, uh,
2: they feuded in Japan.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was a really good job. Um, if you were unfamiliar with that team, it made him, it made them feel like legitimate, right? There was some legitimacy that that Styles had in, in building them up, which I thought was really really cool.
3: And if you were unfamiliar with that team, they would steal your heart by the end of this match.
1: Oh, oh no, yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, and then of course RBD and Sabu. If you're an ECW fan, you you don't need any introduction, right? That everyone knows. And they come out and it's a party. It's Pantera, like you said, like they come out. Rob Van Dam very early on. Joey Styles says that uh, Rob Van Dam is the biggest glory hog I have ever seen in professional wrestling, and that of that, an,
2: that is an understatement. Yeah, like
1: the it's whole point
2: more. of his character was that he's a fucking glory hog,
1: right? Right. So I thought that was really, really funny. But it, we have ourselves set up for uh, two diverse styles in terms of characters, but two teams that that largely will set out to accomplish the same goal and and steal the show, and then they do a damn good job of
0: it.
3: Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I really love right off the right off the gate. We get this great back and forth one upsmanship between Hi- uh, Hayabusa and RVD and and Sabu. I mean, Sabu, I, I have never seen someone look more engaged in a match, even though they're on the apron.
2: Well, like, yeah. Sabu is like like this fucking rabid dog that is yeah. desperate to get in that ring every time he tries to get in the ring, Riff is like, no, no. Peter's like, no, no. you got to tag in. You have to tag in Sabu. And while he's getting Sabu shit for not tagging in, Shizaki just tags in <laughs> and claws in the ring. It's really like, good. What the and i'm like what the fuck Pee Wee?" (laughs) he he, he didn't didn't even walk over to admonish him he didn't even like slap his hands like hey where's the tag he's like no bitch fuck you get out of the ring it's it's Uh, really
3: good uh tag team wrestling right off the bat which is really ironic and we'll get into why that is
2: and it was and it's at this point barely a minute and a half into the match where i noticed bill alfonso's whistle before i could say anything a, before I can say a word, Joey Styles, I wish Fonzo would choke on that damn whistle. And I'm like, thank you,
1: Joey. Man. I too
2: wish he would yeah. choke on that damn whistle.
1: Paul, I'm so glad you said that because when he said it, when Joey Styles said that, the first thought I had was, thank you for reading everyone's mind.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was while I was watching this match, uh, Hope was sitting next to me playing Animal Crossing, and she cut me the worst eyes ever when Bill Alfonso started going with that whistle.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, we you know, we were thinking about. ECW matches to put onto the poll and, and matches that could have possibly made the list. I made my way through a couple of matches where where Fonzie was the manager, and I by the end of one match of that whistle, I was done. And so when it's time to like watch this again to break it down, I was just not at all.
2: Oh, Spencer, it. it gets so much worse. So I okay, know.
3: okay, what? So last manager standing here, who is more annoying, Fonzie with the whistle? Or Jimmy Hart with a megaphone.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Fonzie because you can't always hear Jimmy Hart the megaphone. You you, you kind of hear some like rong, 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 you hear some mumbling. It's not a loud fucking whistle. which distracts you away from the match. You're like, God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> it was 22 years ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would agree with that, Paul. Mostly because. With Jimmy Hart, I can kind of hear some of what he's saying sometimes, so I can make out words, and it's kind of funny because of what he's trying to do. But with Alfonso, not only is the whistle just in the background of everything that's happening, but when you see Alfonso, he just is physically an annoying person. Like, by mimicking Sabu's, like, movement. Like, yeah, it's just too much.
2: He has a very punchable face.
1: Oh, that's a great way to describe it. I haven't heard someone describe that way uh, since my yearbook but that's besides the point okay so okay
3: let's go back to this then is it fonzie with the whistle or teddy long making sure every match you have is a tag team match
2: still i'm still going with fonzie i love tag matches
1: <laughs> hey i love a tag team match holla holla holla
2: now hold on a minute player we're gonna have a tag team tournament and the winner will go one-on-one <laughs> against the undertaker holla. <laughs>
1: Ah, so good. Um, but yeah, Landon, to your point, really good back and forth. When you talk about Sabu being so like hyperactive on the apron, I and, and like in comparison to Rob Van Dam, I kept thinking that, man, Sabu looks like he wants to win this match, whereas Rob Van Dam just wants to show off.
3: Rob Van Dam pulls off a Japanese arm drag, and he has this smirk on his face. He's just like, yeah, I know what I just did.
1: <laughs> oh, he, yeah. he
2: he cuts that same face about ten times in this match.
1: Oh, uh he, he uh, bows after delivering <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it.
2: Uh a favorite moment of mine is uh well after there's like kind of that sloppy spot which gets the you fucked up chance, like literally 30 seconds of the match, uh Rob Van Dam he whips Hayabusa the ropes, like does like the fucking split and took like, a monkey flip and then gets this arm drag and then Shizaki comes in he immediately goes, like, he grabs Arvidi's leg, Arvidi goes for an enziguri, Shinzaki dodges it, and then Robin just hits him with the mule kick. <laughs> it's like, here we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's Robin in a nutshell, right? Those legs yeah. and those kicks are just awesome. Like, they've always been so fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you talked about how Shinzaki is that very prayerful person, like that character that he's playing, right? Well, pretty early on in the match, he pulls a John Morrison and walks all the way across the top rope from turnbuckle to turnbuckle, and then some. He goes about a a, like a rope and a half.
0: half. Yeah, yeah. He goes
1: a rope and a half, and and Joey Styles calls it the praying rope walk. Uh, and he eventually is able to to then dive off and, and do a chop from the top rope. And I thought that was really really neat. It was, was it, awesome. looked didn't look difficult at all. He made it look super easy. Yeah, I'd argue that
3: oh, yeah. I'd argue that Morrison pulls a Shinzaki.
1: No, I no absolutely. It's it was just really really cool
3: to see these guys oh, are yeah. these guys are incredible. There's a kick from Hayabusa that we get really early on. That's just unbelievable. Like he goes for a almost like a moonsault Pele sort of kick. Did y'all see this? Oh yeah, uh, he hits it. He doesn't go for it. He does it. It was gorgeous. <laughs> and I mean RVD's kicks are obviously flawless. I mean they're, he's the most flexible man in pro wrestling. There are parallels immediately drawn here between Shinzaki and Taker. Right. I mean, we talked about the the top rope walk, which obviously Undertaker does this move very well. But you also kind of just see the way he carries himself. Right. Shinzaki is a brawler that can go into these really quick, high paced moves kind of at the drop of a hat, which is exactly the same way that Undertaker moves in the ring.
2: I just, at this point, I have to point out, because it's a, kind of the big F in the room, is that Hayabusa and Sabu look like evil versions of each other.
3: Oh, that's so true. Yeah. They we have got like, point the same out. gear.
2: They have the same pants. They have, they're wearing, the, they're wearing the, the fluffy parachute pants tucked into white boots with a white sash. Only difference is Hayabusa has this red mask on, this very executioner WrestleMania 1-looking mask, this very <laughs> executioner... I, Hybridized with with Jushin Thunder Liger Red Mask because they both have long black hair and they have a very similar offensive style.
3: You know, one thing that we see a couple of times in this match that you don't see a whole lot—you see drop kicks to the shin.
1: Yeah, oh, you get a bunch of them, especially in the first half,
3: and it's so smart. Like, why does nobody do that? Because they go down immediately. Well, yeah, and, and I think
1: it's it plays into the larger story of all four of these men really know how to fly, so if oh yeah. you know if they're trying to to take out their legs, then they're trying to ground their opponent and I think that's a it's a smart story at one point opponent.
2: Joey Styleson says you know drop kick to the, like to the thigh of of Rob Van Dam, which is a smart move because ninety percent of his offense is based on kicks and high flying, so if you ground him, he can't do that tandem offense, and you can keep him down uh-huh. We get one of my favorite moments in the match. show. Uh, we get the camel, excuse me, he didn't call it the camel clutch. Uh, we get the base, I forget what he calls it, but it's the camel clutch by Sabu. And then Rob Van Dam does a springboard into the ring into a drop kick into Hayabusa's face. Wait,
1: hold on. Can we just say, because you're absolutely right, Sabu has the clutch on. But Rob Van Dam, how unnecessary was the flip into the ring? <laughs> Well, he's I gotta show it. off. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, exactly. That was totally to the point, Paul. Where like it's it's totally his character and it's great, but it made me laugh because that's how over the top this character is. Day oh is. yeah, like, he does this ridiculous, uncalled for flip where he lands on his feet in front of Hayabusa and then he he kicks him. Like, Trump he kick. kick him. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah, and then really
2: we. Funny. Oh, after this we get Spencer. Your favorite part of the match, the barricade spot. <laughs> Oh uh, Crown Brawl.
0: <laughs> oh, there's
2: a Crown Brawl. Like, oh my gosh, 201 Crown Brawl. Where's Sabu? Oh, there he is. Spring Sports Suicide Dive into the third row by Sabu. Yeah. Oh, this
1: match is dangerous. This is when the match changed. I think, I oh, think yeah. the match it like act one of the match leads up to that photo hook camel clutch. The second half of the match is after this. Because in the matter of two minutes we have four springboard dies outside the ring oh
2: yeah we got and a guillotine leg drop on the barricade by our rob van dam it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> and this match is now officially a tornado tag the rest oh of
0: yeah the
3: and, which i and, uh, love I, I am okay i would be okay if every tag team match was a tornado tag i love them
1: well my only what? issue with it is don't pretend to not be in the beginning
3: Right. That's the only
2: yeah. thing that bothers me. Like, well Pee Wee tries to maintain tank. control, but like after that like the five or six minute mark, Pee Wee just cannot maintain it anymore. So I I can't control them. I'm just I'm here to count the pin. That's all I'm here to do right now. But they're yeah. just gonna do what they're gonna do.
3: But yeah, the action just totally ramps up. Sabu Kyrie Sane's a chair onto the ropes so it doesn't fall in the ring. Uh, <laughs> I did love the uh, baseball slide that knocked Sabu into Van Damme followed up by an <laughs> acai moonsault from Hayabusa. It was just... Oh, man, it's beautiful. It was perfect. It was perfectly oh. executed, and it was in perfect placement from RVD and Sabu.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, like When they get back in the ring, uh, we got a Mexican surfboard with Rob Van Dam to Shinzaki, and while he's in the... <laughs> Why he's you the Mexican surfboard, Sabu's a top rope chair shot to the ribs. Uh. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to kill him. Yeah, just
1: imagine that image. Just imagine that. Madame is on his back. He's got Shinzaki up in the air, you know, in that bow and arrow Mexican surfboard style move. And Sabu's on the top rope halfway across the ring. Bill Alfonso is trying to throw him a chair. And he, and he actually him. hits him. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He hits him, which is hysterical. Uh, but then, like Paul said, he dives across the ring, drops the chair on top of the very oh, gosh. The chest of Shinzaki. Oh, it looks so painful. Said, oh, shit this match is on the list like that's, that's
2: oh yeah I oh no it just gets more intense from there mm-hmm. uh after this we get a springboard senton splash to rob van Dam by hayabusa followed by a springboard knee drop uh, by shinzaki to uh, rob van Dam, and then hayabusa does a lion salt <laughs> what, what the fuck there's a lion salt to rob van Dam. like oh my god his A-smash. aerial
3: his aerial assault is absolutely seamless he makes it look easy
2: Oh yeah, uh, we we got a a bridging German suplex after they both do like crescent kicks to to Rob Van Dam, and I'm like, come on.
1: Yeah, so now they're kind of taking turns, right? They're so just the Rob shit out of each other. Rob Van Dam is obviously out of the ring because of all those springboard assaults he just took, and then Sabu. That how good was that German suplex with the bridge? It was so oh, it was beautiful,
3: good. beautiful.
1: Uh, and then it's Sabu and Rob Van Dam's turn to take control back of the match. Sabu hits this hurricaner off the top rope. Frankenstein!er, woo! Yeah, Frankenstein!er, which is great, and then and then we get out a jump scare, <laughs> <Yeah, exactly>. jump <laughs> jump scare frog splash by Rod Van Dam.
3: So this five <laughs> this Karana five star frog splash combo, oh, I don't man. know, I don't know how the hell RVD hit that splash. He was I don't so either, he just far a... that he was out of frame.
1: And Joe Cal he... says that he changes his like he changed his body
3: he in mid-air. He adjusted oh, position. Yeah, he jumps
2: out and then twists the last second to land it. It's Im- so impressive. It's
3: extremely. That's, it's you know, pardon the pun. It's extremely amazing. Yeah, it's
1: <laughs> something that he does like later, like throughout his career. That is that has always been one of the most impressive things about Rob Van Dam: the ability to do that in midair. And oh that's, man, that's what makes it to me a, a five-star, quote unquote, frog splash. Oh right? yeah, that's it what's is so cool about
2: it. Uh, not to be outdone by this gentlemen, are you? I almost said Uh Hakushi. Shinzaki, but to be fair, Hakushi and Hayabusa look very similar when you have poorly written out notes like I do. Uh, So Shinzaki hits a power bomb, streak continues, and then we get the 450 splash by Hayabusa.
3: It's perfect.
1: Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. You talk about the combo of the Frankensteiner to the five-star frog splash. How about a powerbomb to a 450 splash combo? i take that every day of the week. That was
3: awful. Oh, man. That should be their tag team finish. I believe
2: it was supposed to be, but the pin is broken up by Sepu.
3: <laughs> How about the tag team Rolling Thunder?
2: Oh, rolling okay. Thunder and the Spring Boy Oh, man. Oh, that Spring leg drop is beautiful.
3: And the uh, and, Boston Crab leg drop onto Shinzaki. I just. Ouch. Well, uh,
2: it was more like a all of Rob Van Dam's weight drop onto. <laughs> On the, uh, the back, back of Shinzaki's <laughs> head.
1: It was brutal and I loved oh, scary. Sabu. Very scary. Oh, it, was, it was horrifying, but I loved Sabu turning it into a jackknife cover from the Boston Crab.
2: I appreciate that more than anybody else. I
1: know you do. And I thought about you as soon as I saw it. <laughs>
2: Uh, not he well, Sh- Shinzaki gets his revenge because he locks in cattle mutilation on Sabu, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I can not remember the last time I've seen somebody pull out the cattle mutilation.
1: Is, is that when Joey Styles says, uh, "Would you look at this? Sabu's getting strangled by his own arms."
2: Yes, that's cattle yeah. mutilation. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, Daniel uh, Bryan. does it. I, I, uh, excuse me, a uh, young Brian Danielson did that. Uh huh.
1: Uh-huh. If it <laughs> sounds, if it sounds like we are just going and giving you every high spot of the match. The reality is is that it's so fast-paced the second half of this match. This is what's happening. These are all back-to-back-to-back. To back to
3: back. When tags go out the window, the pacing of your tag team match goes through the roof. Uh, right? It has to. Right? And I'm actually okay with the fact that it started as a tag and then it just kind of went because it sort of tells the story oh, yeah, me too. of what, a- what ECW is is right i mean there aren't disqualifications so yeah who cares
2: oh yeah well one thing i really enjoyed is uh at one point uh Hayabusa is going for—we're not really sure what he's going for, either a superplex or pe- maybe he's going for a uh, a Frankenstein of his own. He gets tripped up on the top rope by Fonzie, and while he's kind of struck that top rope, uh, Rob Van Dam hits the Van Terminator right into Hayabusa's face, and then right after he hits that, he gets hit with a dragon screw by Shinzaki.
3: Van so, Terminator. <laughs> fan term- is that like a fan Daminator?
2: Well, the Van Terminator— uh, instead of doing the spinning wheel kick, somebody holds a chair, he does like the top rope like side kick into the chair.
3: Oh my yeah. god, and the, uh Sabu shoving a chair at Shinzaki catches it, R V D hits a spin Damn! That tag team move was perfect. <laughs> Van Terminator, baby, and then we we'll get the Van Daminator moments later,
2: after there's <laughs> after they have a, a tented table spot where the table breaks. <laughs>
3: Oh uh, yeah, that was too bad. <laughs> oh I just
2: collapse, and the crowd starts to boo. <laughs> so then, two more tables come into the ring, and that's when we get the Van Daminator, which is different than Van Terminator. And then, oh my God, the finish scared me because I had flashbacks to WrestleMania Five with the double drop kicks by the oh, Rockers. That was boy. mistimed. Yeah, but there was there was no mistiming here. We get a tandem Arabian Facebuster by Sabu at the same time five-star frog splash by Rob Van Dam. And my favorite part of this entire match, Sabu shoves Rob Van Dam out of the way and he gets the pinfall. Yep. I love that. (laughs) And that amazing saxophone music plays.
1: (laughs) It is Ah! great.
3: Yeah, it's it's Sabu's music <laughs> because Sabu got the pin. And that just, if that doesn't tell the story that's going on between those two. And see, that's what is really impressive for me is we talked about at the beginning of this that this was sort of a one-off, right? It's not that the story that we're telling is between the team versus the team. It's yeah. an internal struggle between RVD and Sabu. And it's told so well throughout the match.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I think one of the things that we've shown, you know, when you think about uh, John Cena, Shawn Michaels from Raw, you know, that was a that was a match between two, you know, what were tag team champions prior to WrestleMania 23. You know, when we think about other matches that come to mind, you know, Eddie and Ray WrestleMania 21, those were tag team champions that competed against each other. That's a story that I really like when it's done well, you know, tag team champions that are trying to figure out who's the better man. And so I, I like that with Rob Van Dam and Sabu, you know, trying to one up each other.
2: And the Rob Van Dam Sabu storyline would be finally culminated in 2010 in TNA Hardcore Justice, where the main event was Rob Van Dam versus Sabu with Bill Alfonso at ringside as coach. No, because I couldn't call him because I couldn't call him Fonzie and he managed both men. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it was so bad. (laughs) It was not a good match. It was terrible. It was supposed to be Jerry Lynn, but Jerry Lynn got injured like a week before. So it's Sabu. Uh but back to this match. Gentlemen. Not only was this match awesome, even Meltzer agreed it because he gave this match five stars. So you know it's good.
3: Really? I didn't know that.
2: It's the only ECW match he ever awarded five stars to. Huh.
3: He obviously didn't see the Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn match. Anyway. <laughs> Probably not. Favorite moments?
2: Oh, man. Uh, the Frankensteiner by Sabu, and then when we get the, the jump scare frog splash. Uh, the Senton knee drop and moonsault by Shinzaki Hayabusa. Uh, the prayer walk
3: Hey, uh, are, you're, taking, you're taking everyone's favorite moments here. You're supposed to pick one. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: the finish. Uh, I love that. <laughs> the power bomb into... It's a 450. That was pretty cool.
3: Paul clearly cannot pick one. Uh,
1: I I was going Powerbomb 450 Splash. That's my favorite.
3: uh, So there's actually a moment where we get an inverted dragon screw from Shinzaki. And it's almost as if... He saw that Rob Van Dam could just kind of kick him with the other foot, so he decided at the last second to turn with the dragon screw, but turn the opposite direction. And I, I couldn't walk straight after walk after watching it. It was it was scary. That's one I'm going to put it,
1: uh, guys. This was, I mean, an interesting match because it it does feel different than a lot of what's on our list, but it's one that you know has plenty of rewatchability. Oh yeah. Uh, there's the blast. definitely yeah, it's a blast. There's there's more story to it. I, I like I I don't think it's fair to call it a, a spot test because of the story that goes with Rob Van Dam and, and Sabu. I think it's gonna be a really interesting one to rank. I was thinking as we were gonna start with the ranking that I thought it would it would be fair to rank it against the match that comes before it on the show and to kind of compare it with Mike Awesome and Masado Tanaka which currently on our list of 35 is number 25 on our list.
3: Okay, yeah, I think that's a really fair place to start. Hmm,
1: well, let me get
2: a look at this ranking. So when I was watching this match, there were two matches that popped in my head. One was that. The other one was the New Day versus the Usos Hell in a Cell match. I yeah. thought about that one a lot, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah.
3: That's going to be now, really interesting to do a side by side comparison.
2: I mean, one was a hell of a lot more violent than the other, uh, <laughs> uh, so I was kind of like, "Man, this reminded me a lot of that one." Men were more of the tornado tag element, but just the savagery, like the crazy shit they did, reminded me. Of, I thought a lot of uh, World's Cutest Tag Team in the Young books. I thought of that one as well, and I'm like, "Man." Um, I love this match, but this is going to be a bottom half match for me. I think I'll put this one right behind New Day and Usos. So at
1: 33? At yeah. I guess it would be. Yeah, I was kind of thinking similarly. When I was comparing it to Austin and Tanaka, I do think Austin and Tanaka is a better match.
2: It's half the and, length. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's half the length. And I think I think part of what hurts this match for me, it's a little bit of a slow start and...
2: Um, a little sloppy, but after that... It's after a little over sloppy, those... yeah. Once they get past that opening moments, it's like breakneck speed.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I actually feel pretty similarly to you. I, I would go thirty three as well. I kind of like that a lot. I like I like putting it right behind New Day and Usos as
3: well. Okay, so I definitely agree that the Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka is a better overall match. And the other match that kind of popped into my head was actually Cactus Jack and Triple H. And you know, but I feel like that one always pops into my head when I think about (laughs) about matches on this list. So uh, it's kind of my very first standard bearer. If you're going to be at you know towards the bottom half of the list, which by the way doesn't mean that it was a bad match. I mean, we're only doing what are supposed to be considered some of the greatest matches in wrestling history. So just because we say TLC one is the last match on the list is that the bottom doesn't mean that we think it's a terrible match. But if you're going to fight for you know the best of the quote-unquote worst or the best of the bottom half, I think of Cactus Jack versus Triple H. And I don't know. I, I, I see this sort of in that vein. I guess I would say that I appreciated the work that Mick and Triple H put into the story that they were telling there and the fact that it was easier for them to have sort of a well-paced and well-timed, uh, more cerebral match. Whereas this one is kind of a spot fest. Um, I think it would be hard for me to argue differently. If if you both agree that it should go below New Day and Usos at 33, I, I actually would put it above the Canadian Stampede at 29 and right below CM Punk Undertaker. I think that's where I would do it because just for mm. rewatchability, st- for rewatchability's sake, I would watch it before I would watch the Canadian Stampede. But really, that's just me.
1: <laughs> Paul's like, <Okay>. what? <laughs> 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 I, I I think that uh, I, I mean you bring up a great point. I also think for me, what kind of hurts it is that as great as Hayabusa and Shinzaki are, and they are great. They're in terms of like the ECW world, this is it. Like this is the one and done for them. Yeah um, they,
2: don't, they don't come back into this.
1: Yeah, they don't come back. So they only they play this role that's only used really to advance the Rob and Dam Sabu storyline. And so it's hard for me to give it as much credit as, you know, a rivalry between two teams like New Day and Uso's. Or, you know, Canadian Stampede even, those guys hated each other, right? And so it it's hard for me to to give this specific match more credit than those based off of that. But I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I'm open to suggestions here.
3: No, I think if you guys are in agreement, that's two out of three. I am more than happy to, uh, you know, tip my hat to you and say, totally understand. Not where I oh. would put it on my personal list, but... I get it.
1: Yeah, I. Mean, but I think we all agreed in terms of it being kind of around the bottom portion of still the greatest yeah, matches of all time so
2: far. Uh, it's a great match, but i just afraid it's going to stay kind of towards the bottom half.
3: Yeah, so let's put it at 33, and we'll see how all of our listeners rank it at the end of Season 2.
1: Absolutely. Which is so soon.
2: Yep, uh, four more, and then we're yeah. there.
1: Yeah, guys, I mean, we are just a few weeks away From from the end of season two, which is going to bring a great opportunity, like Landon said, for everyone to put this list together themselves. How would they rank their top 40 based off of what we'll have? Um, You know, just to think about when we did Heat Wave 98, um, the first time around is episode 12. That was September of 2019. And here we are in April of 2020, going back to the same event for the very next match. Um, and our list you know, is is so much different and, and I think has had some really great additions since episode 12. So just imagine what it'll be like at the end of this season and moving forward. I, I can't wait to see what we have coming up.
3: It's going to be a good time, no doubt.
1: Oh, I think so. Again, thanks so much for joining us. We do hope that everyone is still staying safe and healthy wherever you are. Um, it's been a really, really wonderful escape for us to be able to, to continue to do the show for you. We hope that we're giving you a, a chance to escape and and just watch some really, really fun wrestling um, as well. So thanks so much for that. And again, thanks to all of our um, all of our patrons for helping turn the tide in this boat to get this match on the list. We really appreciate it. For all those Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn fans out there, don't worry, your time will come.
2: Oh yeah, and I gotta point out, The Boneyard and Firefly match were the two best matches at Mania 36. Uh, Deal with it. And uh, are you speaking to
1: anyone specific,
2: Paul? Uh, There's like two (laughs) people out there that I'm pretty sure might block me for saying that, but you know, having Uh. having
3: some issues at home, Paul.
2: (laughs) Not at all. Not at all.
3: (laughs) It's okay. My wife feels the same way, so. <laughs> oh,
2: but uh, but to back to this match, uh, love it. Don't love it as much as some other matches. Love it.
1: Uh, cannot wait to see some more ECW. Yeah. So there you go. Until next time, I'm Spencer.
3: I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And this is last,
1: last match
0: standing.